these are your hosts, Grace and Kim. Hi. From the MIS and CAP team, and welcome to the Real Women's Forum, where we discuss topics including, but not limited to, trust in relationships, sexual health, hygiene, racial issues, and misogyny. Recently, we have added subjects that pertain to youth and have created a section under our podcast named Adolescence with an X, where we will speak on topics that specifically relate to the youth in our community. Before we start, a small disclaimer, the Real Women's Forum podcast does not issue any medical advice. Instead, the podcast serves as a safe and brave space for women and other members of the community to discuss, voice common concerns, and share their experiences. We encourage you to visit MISN's website to seek information on specialized programs regarding health insurance, improving birth outcomes, and educating teens on the risks of being sexually active. Today, we are here with Joan Rees Rekema, the Community Health Engagement and Social Programs Manager from the Mental Health Association in Orange County. Welcome, Joan, and thank you for being here with us today. Hi, thank you for having me. So can you start out with telling us a little bit about yourself and the work that you do? Okay, so as you're aware, my name is Joan Ruiz Workama, and I am the Community Engagement and Social Program Manager here at Mental Health Association of Orange County. I have held this position for about two months before I was the supervisor for over six months. And the work that I do with MHA is I provide community resources to our communities in reference to mental health. And I promote the programs that we have within MHA, which are for our WOGI, Compeer Homeless, Compeer Rape Crisis, our other MHA programs. We have a variety of at least over 20 programs within our organizations that serve communities within Orange County. And our goal is to help our families with the burdens of mental health, but most importantly, and the stigma to be open about receiving the help that they need, especially since COVID hit, everything has impacted our communities in many different ways. So our goal is here to, to support our people in Orange County and provide them those services. I think a big issue that we face regarding minorities and mental health is that there is a lot of stigma and we can't stress enough that having open conversations with one another is a way that we can, you know, work towards ending that stigma and just normalize talking about mental health so that we can take care of ourselves and our families and be able to just live healthy lives. So we hope that when having this conversation with you as well, we're working towards that goal and supporting our community. Absolutely. Um, so as you know, in July, we celebrate National Minority Mental Health Awareness. And so we want to ask you, why is minority mental health awareness a separate observation from mental health awareness? Okay, so I think it is very important to celebrate it in a separate occasion because National Minority Mental Health Awareness Month is observed each July to bring awareness to the unique struggles that racial and ethnic groups of minority communities through. They face many challenges. And as I mentioned, COVID-19 has impacted and has made it harder for racial and ethnic backgrounds to get the needs of their mental health met, especially the Spanish-speaking community. There's a struggle where there is not enough resource Spanish providers to help these families get the services they need. You mentioned COVID-19. And I think with the pandemic, there were was almost an influx of mental health issues and cases and just people kind of having a chance to sit with themselves and realize, hey, I'm actually not doing that well mentally. And so I am glad that even with all of that, there has still been significant work and a push towards ending the stigma, especially in minority communities and kind of just working towards a space where everyone is feeling seen and heard and knows that they can get help if they need it. 
Absolutely. I think one of the things that I always say, say to everyone, your mental health matters because we have to understand that our mental health includes our emotional, psychological, and social well-being. It affects how we think, how we feel, how we act, and handle stress. And it relates to others to make choices. So even in the workforce, there's individuals that worked during COVID-19. There's families that had to, you know, come in the home and take care of their children, and they didn't know how to do that. So many develop anxiety, you know, social anxiety. Now that we're going back to the normal, nobody wants to come out. So it, it is very important that, you know, we observe mental health for minorities because a lot of them hold back. They don't want to go out there and seek the help because they think it's an issue or they are seen different and it's not. And I think, I mean, culturally for me, I know that there's a idea that like, we're already a minority, like you're already, you could already be a black woman. And then on top of that, to have any type of illness or something that's affecting your ability, like no one wants to take that on as well. And the reality is like, it's still going to affect you just because you're ignoring it doesn't mean it's going to go away. going to go away. Absolutely. I agree. What are some of the different struggles and experiences of BIPOC communities um, that they're facing regarding mental health and accessing mental health services? I think the, the different struggles we can relate to, while there are many different experiences being uh, a minority in America, it varies tremendously, right? There are shared culture factors, as you mentioned, that play a role in helping define mental health and supporting the well-being and the resiliency of, of the healing process. Part of this Share culture experience includes our families, right? Our connections to our friends, our values, how we express ourselves through our spiritual connections, our music. However, another part of this shared experience is facing racism, right? Discrimination and not having the same equalities that other people significantly have, which affects us as a person, and especially our mental health. Being treated or perceived less than what we are because of our color, you know, it's a big struggle, you know, it is okay for someone that is not Latino or African American to go seek help and they're viewed differently. But when an African American or minority goes and get the help, they're viewed as, why are you here, you know, and I don't think it's okay, you know, and and we face many challenges in reference to getting the help. And that's why I think many people sit back and don't want to get the help because they don't want to seen as a burden to their community because they already feel like they're a burden because of who they are. Did you know there are one in three minority adults who need mental health care and never receive it because they are ashamed of getting those services? I think that's wrong. Yeah, I actually did not know that. Yeah, it is sad. One in three minority adults who need mental health service don't get it because they feel that they're already being judged because of their race and they don't want to get the help. A big inequality that exists not only when receiving mental health care, but just healthcare overall is that people don't take people of color seriously sometimes. I know that there's a high maternal mortality rate for Black women because oftentimes the physicians themselves don't take them seriously. They're, oh, the pain isn't that bad. No, it's okay, you'll recover. And that's unfortunate. And so you also mentioned that that can happen with mental health care, especially for minorities. So I think it's important that we find the physicians correct for us and the ones that will take us seriously and really care for us. 
Um, so that brings me to cultural competency. Can you explain what cultural competency is and why it's important, especially when talking about minorities accessing and receiving healthcare? Um, cultural competency is the ability to understand and interact effectively with people from other cultures. I think it is very highly important that someone understands what is cultural competency because it allows you to build that relationship with that individual. While all of our communities face mental health challenges, minority communities often deal with more stigma and discrimination and can receive compromised care. And when we don't educate our employees or our staff or our communities in reference to culture competency, I think we lack how we serve our minority communities. According to the Health and Human Service Office of Minority Health, Black adults in the U.S. are more likely than white adults to report persistent symptoms of emotional distress, such as sadness, hopelessness, and feeling like everything is an effort. Black adults living below the poverty line are more than twice as likely to report serious psychological distress than those with more financial security. And I think it all has to do with culture competency and how many are not educated to serve that community itself. And Mental health care, for me, is very important, yet many people from racial and ethnic minority groups face obstacles because of these challenges and not having the proper providers for them to look at them. Mm. And I think a lot of that has to do with the medical field in general and how like the basis for all medical care and like studies and research has been the white man. And so yes. even as far as like women receiving care, there was no distinction. Like everything has been based off of how do we treat white men? And then how can we apply that to everyone else? And so there's a lot of issues with that at its core. But then when we're thinking about minorities and how their experience is different and the fact that something, of course, that is a mental health issue that can be treated with medicine is that is a treatment, but you also need to look at it holistically and like, what is the root of the problem? How can we make lifestyle changes based off of your experience and your culture that is going to help you to also live a healthier life, not just treat the issue at hand? And I think that that's one of the biggest obstacles right now with mental health and receiving care because there's just a huge lack of that generally. But yeah. for a minority individual or a BIPOC individual, and they're, if they're noticing signs and symptoms of a possible mental health illness, what steps would you recommend that they take and what resources can they access to get help for themselves or for a family member? When a person is experiencing challenges with their mental health, it is essential for them to receive quality care as soon as the symptoms are recognized. It is equally important that the care they receive is provided by a culturally component healthcare professional. Most importantly, if you need immediate assistance, Orange County has the crisis call center and they could dial 311 or call 1-800-832-1200 and there's a crisis counselor available for them to assist them with that process. It's free and it's confidential and if they do not, you know, want to disclose their name, they don't have to, but there will be someone there to help them. I also do want to point out right now for our listeners that as of July 16th, there is a new suicide hotline number. It is 988 at any place in the US you can call and speak to a licensed counselor who can talk you through how to help yourself, how to help a friend or just what to do next. So 
Um, if you're in need of emergent help and you don't feel comfortable calling the police, 988 is the number to call for mental health services. So our next question is, what steps should a friend or a loved one take when they believe someone in their life is dealing with a mental illness? I think there are many steps that one should take, but I think one of the main steps when you have a friend that is going through something is letting them know that they're not alone, right? Um, and being open to what they want to share. And that is an important step because if you allow them to just share what they wanna share, it will encourage them to talk with a mental health care provider and with a primary care provider. And they could feel comfortable coming to you and you helping them guide them to, to get that, the help they need. Our next question is what tips or advice would you give to a minority person who might be seeking mental health help to better advocate for themselves throughout the process and to ensure that they're receiving the best care possible? When it comes to seeking help from a primary care professional or a mental health professional, you should always finish your session with the healthcare professional feeling heard and respected, right? You know, you may want to ask yourself, did my provider communicate effectively with me? Is my provider willing to integrate my beliefs, practice, identity, and culture back one into my treatment plan? Did I feel like I was treated with respect and dignity during my visit? And do I feel like my provider understands and relates well with me? And the reason why is because the relationship and communication between a person and their mental health provider is a key aspect of treatment. If you don't have that relationship, then how you expect to move forward with getting the proper treatment. Um, and it's very important for a person to feel that their identity is understood by their provider in order to receive the best possible support and care. Let's say that a listener is out there and they've answered no to these questions. What steps would you recommend they take then if they feel like they're not being heard from their physicians? I think if a listener is experiencing where their provider is not hearing them out, it depends if, you know, you have insurance, if it depends on your insurance, you could seek another provider, call your insurance provider, let them know that, hey, this provider is not working out for me. Can you please refer me to another provider? And I know MISN has insurance providers that could assist them with seeking those questions in reference to looking for new providers that are out there within their insurance definitely contact us if you do not have insurance. We can definitely help with that. And I know that there are a bunch of websites where you can look for mental health care providers and search based off of your insurance. There's also, as Joan said, the option of going directly to your insurance provider and asking them to give you a list of people. You can make specifications if you're more comfortable speaking with a woman rather than a man, or if you have a preference towards someone who looks like you, you can ask them for that as well. And they will give you as many people as you can. And all you have to do is make some phone calls. So <laughs> it, it is a bit of a process, but it's definitely worth it. Yes. So what can we do to educate ourselves on the barriers faced by minorities when accessing healthcare and specifically mental health services? I think when it comes to educating ourselves, it's very important that we are aware about the services that are out there for us. There are many free services, and there are many paid services out there that you could utilize. Each one of us can take steps to become an ally to someone in our communities, especially within our minority communities who are experiencing mental illness. We can all work together to educate family, friends, 
and colleagues about the unique challenges of mental health within our minority communities. I myself educate my community. Um, you can follow me at, at MHA and OC, and I put a lot of information out there in reference to services that are out there, especially free services for our minority communities and being able to be aware of our own attitudes and beliefs towards the minority communities to reduce the bias and negative assumptions, being able to educate others in reference to ending the stigma, it's very important. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. It has been very enlightening. I definitely didn't know some of the statistics you shared. And I'm sure that all of our listeners have gotten a lot of information about how they can seek services and why it's essential to know about how mental health is affecting minority communities and ending the stigma and just all that you shared. Thank you so much. It was really, really great. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And if anyone have any questions pertaining to receiving any services, they could call me at 845-551-5350. And my name is Joan Ruiz Workama, and I'm the Community Engagement and Social Program Manager here at MHA. If anyone listening is interested in being interviewed or knows someone that might be interested in being interviewed for our podcast, please reach out to us via text or call at 845-248-3942. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye.